0: Welcome
1: to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew. This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Welcome to Boarding Pass 37, operated on August Eleventh, 2020. This is Drew and I'm here with Doug. We're two avgeeks and aviation professionals creating a safe space for other avgeeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Good day,
0: everyone. We hope this episode finds you safe, healthy, and in good spirits. We're one week closer to this crisis being over. We're staying positive and aviation tough.
1: We want to quickly thank last week's guests, Jason and Tyler, for joining us. Sorry to our listeners for the audio quality last week. Tyler has already requested a do-over on an upcoming episode, and trust us, you want him back. This dude is seriously hilarious and will bring a nice bit of comedic relief to our avgeek chatter during this tense time.
0: Yeah. Tyler, really sorry about that. Uh, we probably should have said something about the audio quality, but we just wanted to press ahead and and get some good content out there, but we definitely will have you back.
1: Yeah. I want the real Tyler that we, uh, you know, that's sassy and, uh, you know, joking on Twitter with me because um, that's what <laughs> you guys are gonna love listening to. Him. So we got a little bit of that thanks to the Biscoff discussion, and I think that somehow went into. Uh, he, he called us the Star Alliance podcast. Yes, yeah, that's when it was on. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, we had One World guys on. We had Speedbird Julie, who's a One World fanatic. The, right, we,
1: and and Tyler, you know, today we're gonna have a One World discussion again. Yeah, so this is exactly. really becoming the One World. Exactly. Podcast. Yeah. Well, and I I talked Sky Team a little bit too you talk sky team and we're going to talk about sky team today also so it's equal opportunity
0: yeah absolutely what, what about the independence? i mean we do we talk about emirates we talk about we talked about emirates yeah. we talked
1: about um i actually tweeted an emirates triple seven at the you gate did and that yeah. got hundred likes yeah and we
0: i, I even so, liked it i even liked it and it had loaders next to it it wasn't just a
1: clean <laughs> airplane <laughs> clean airplane sitting at the gate so that's an ongoing joke. Doug does not r- uh, prefer <laughs> <the> airplane <laughs> pictures that show people actually working and making money.
0: <laughs> so I felt vindicated when Jason last week said that he agrees that a clean looking airplane at the gate is better than a dirty one. But no, I, I mean, I come on. I that, that picture that I posted, I don't know, probably a month ago of the KLM A330 with A330. the doors open and the yeah. sun hitting it. Yeah, no, I I enjoy taking pictures of an airplane, and as Jeremy said, what four or five episodes ago, those gate shots are kind of a dime a dozen, but sometimes you get yeah. those you get those really good gate shots.
1: Well, yeah, and just for a moment, we thought about having a seven fifty seven at the gate as our logo. Remember, with yeah. the letters up in the jetway, up, yeah, yep, the whole airport, yeah, action scene. All right, so doug you had so we're also we also need to apologize because this week the episode is a day late again Uh, this is also due to crew issues um (coughs) doug (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we should be back on our normal monday release schedule in the next couple weeks we're a day late this week because doug and his family slipped away for some much-needed relaxation this weekend or at least i assume it was relaxing right doug
0: yeah we went down to santa cruz we were able to get away for a long weekend it was it was fun we spent time at the beach and went to the Redwoods and had a good time. The kids loved staying in the hotel, but it was, it was interesting. So that was my first time staying in a hotel since the whole COVID thing started. I was, I was thinking about it on the way home from work. The last time I was in a hotel was when you and I were at LAX for uh, our spotting trip back in March, right before all the COVID stuff started. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and that that was that was normal back in March. We had a a buffet breakfast. We touched all the spoons. We put all the food on the plate. All that. This was completely different. Breakfast in the mornings. We picked up at the front desk. They had bags behind the desk for us, and they handed us the bags and they poured us the coffee. And Mm -hmm. we had we were there for three nights, and we had to get the sheets changed one night, and so I requested Mm -hmm. a, a sheet change. They came to the door with a pile of sheets in their hands and they handed it to us and they said can we get your old sheets before we give this to you because they probably didn't want us to put hotel sheets in our suitcase and bring them home i guess oh. it was, <laughs> yeah it's like who who does that but but still yeah so we had we had to put the the sheets on and towels came all shrink wrapped and everything oh. and Yeah, yeah the, the whole the whole thing was was Interesting to say the least, but it definitely. We're was we're going to
1: be creating an environmental disaster after COVID with all this. Yeah, trash, all the all the shrinker. Everywhere. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, all we the- my family I think created an environmental disaster in this <laughs> hotel in this <laughs> hotel room. I felt so bad because you know all the food is takeout, and so there were crumbs oh, everywhere. No. Everywhere. So Sunday morning when we checked out, we were all on our hands and knees. Including my one-year-old mm-hmm. picking up little crumbs off the floor, so that the uh, the housekeepers didn't have to vacuum as much.
1: Now you also went on a tr- steam train ride.
0: We did, yeah, up into the redwoods oh, cool. from Santa Cruz. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, we talk a lot about capacity on airplanes and and whether you should block the middle seat or not, and whether it, it's helpful. I'll tell you, on this train, we were like mm-hmm. twelve feet separated from the next group. And When oh, we board, when, when we boarded, they had the the people helping us board and telling us where to sit normally all the reviews i read about this train people are saying oh, it's packed you can barely see anything it's mm-hmm. it's an open air train so you're, you're going yeah. through the woods in this open air train there are only three families on the car that we were in yeah. there were probably 10 cars and there were only three families we had every like we can move all over the place we could go from side to side see the ravines on one side the redwoods on the other so how long was this ride it was about an hour each way
1: Oh, that sounds so much fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Up into the mountains through tunnels and over bridges and through the, the redwoods. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was awesome.
1: Speaking of trains, Doug, let's get back on track and let's uh, do, do some news recaps. You were successful in unplugging for four days, but that didn't stop aviation-related news from transpiring. I know you spent the last... 24 hours trying to catch up on everything. What did you find, Doug? Yeah,
0: so as Drew said, I I did. I spent the last day trying to catch up on all the news that happened while I was gone over the weekend. So the first one is 20% of Delta's workforce exited in the last week in what the CEO says a difficult but necessary step. Airlines could receive billions more in aid, but it may not be enough to save all the workers from furloughs. Southwest Airlines cuts back on COVID 19 cleanings between flights, specifically the seatbelts, which they're only cleaning once every week now.
1: Air travel picks up alongside strict mask enforcement. British Airways retires the A318 and ends its all business class service from uh, London to New York. Virgin Atlantic files for bankruptcy protection in the U.S., and at least 17 people were killed as Air India Express 7 th- uh, 737 800 crashed on landing in heavy rain.
0: Do you want to go first or do you want me to? I'll
1: go. Well, I I have comments on every, you picked really good subjects. Yeah, I know. I could talk talk about all this. Let's just go. So guys, we're back to, I don't want to say normal because we've had a lot of like special interest stuff and topics and not as much news yeah so i say we go through all of them one by one how about that? okay
0: yeah yeah we could do that yeah
1: well we'll try and keep it relatively
0: short i mean drew yeah. and i could easily talk for 20 minutes about each of these topics
1: okay yeah we can so that's a that's a danger so Let's see. Let's. Uh, you want to set a stopwatch so we don't go over. Tw- okay. So I started it. Twenty okay. minutes. and We got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it could be a five-hour. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I, I when when we were thinking that we were going to talk about one or two, I'll, I'll start with the the top one, the twenty percent of Delta's workforce. So for those who don't know, this is seventeen thousand employees total have taken either an early out or an early retirement. So the early out could have been someone middle of their career saying you know what I, i'm gonna st- step away from the airline completely so this isn't just a, a partial paid time off some other airlines have offered things like this too and in their quarterly reports or in in recent reporting they've announced some of the numbers american has said that 41,000 either took early out or an extended leave between wow. six and 24 months yeah so it's unpaid leave month. between yeah. six and, and 24 months they didn't break down the actual numbers of who took the early retirement or the... Oh, so un-
1: some people are just on a no-pay. Correct, total. yeah. So
0: it's 41,000 total have taken one of the, the two. Yeah. At Southwest, 4,400 have taken the early retirement and 12,500 have taken extended unpaid time off. First of all, it's sad that it has come to this, but good on those employees for... Whatever point they're at in their life for saying yeah i'm I'm willing to step away from from the company that hopefully that they love and right. let other people who might need it more yeah. step in step into okay. a position that that they need for yeah. you know the the single parents out there or the the people who are younger in their careers, et cetera. so it's you know thank you to those people and and get on them for stepping up and taking those
1: yeah and you know a lot of these senior pilots and flight attendants with as the trips that they get they have a lot of days off and a lot of them you know a lot of them have other jobs also so this may not be their only income source and yet the good thing that the airlines did is all these benefits early out uh cola which is uh they leave for a little bit but they come back it includes travel benefits mm-hmm. so that's a really good perk when you're not working to be able to travel um on this delta one really good job by them reducing how many people they had to lay off they they did send warning notices to 800 but that is so small compared well that
0: i i did see that the 800 that was just the 800 pilots that are based in atlanta because each each mm. state has different laws about when you have to notify that particular workforce which yeah. is why some of the warn notices for the pilots who are jfk and laguardia based went out a month ago because new york's laws say 90 days
1: 90 days, but even though you, yeah,
0: it's a possibility, so even though the war notices went out doesn't necessarily mean that those are the amount of people who are who are gonna get laid off yeah
1: they also said um they need three thousand flight attendants to uh, they have three thousand too many flight attendants, and they're given them the option hey do you want to combine your schedules do you mm-hmm. want to share a shift so that's great that they're looking at every alternative to keep people employed if they want to be yeah so great. Right.
0: Something else that I know Delta has talked about, and uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully the other airlines consider this is uh, at least on the pilot side, pilots have a guaranteed minimum number of hours that they, they get paid every month. Mm -hmm. So pilots are actually paid hourly. People don't, don't realize that they have a guaranteed minimum. So 70 or yeah, it's between 65 and 75 depending on the airline. Meaning if, if a pilot takes a trip and the trip gets cut short because of maintenance or, or whatever, they're gonna get paid whatever their minimum guaranteed is. And they can work above that and, and get paid more. So one of the things that Delta has proposed to minimize number of furloughs and hopefully avoid furloughs altogether is lowering the minimum number of hours by 15. I, I don't remember if it's 15 hours or 15%, which 2001, after September 11th, most pilots took large concessions. So big pay cuts, big benefit cuts, which they never really got back even in in the last decade and and kind of the new golden age of air travel, if you want to call it that the pilots didn't necessarily get those back by cutting the minimum. That is kind of a self correcting thing, if you will, meaning that as demand starts to pick up, the minimum doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. So I feel like that's an easy concession. And I've talked to some of my pilot friends and they're on board with it. They say, yeah, that's actually a really good proposal for From Delta. These are friends who don't fly for Delta. They fly for a different airline saying I yeah. wish that my airline would offer that because right. that would reduce the number of furloughs and it, it would correct itself when demand comes back. So it's yeah. not like you're giving away Actual hourly rates. Yeah,
1: no, that's a good that's another good creative way of keeping people on the books and not spending, you know, saving the same amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. That was five minutes on that. Airlines could receive billions more on aid, but it may not be enough. So if they extend this CARES Act, if they do a clean extension, which seems like airlines and, well, it's mostly the unions this time, but the airlines are backing their unions. um, It would be another $25 billion through March 1st to keep people employed. But then I have some questions. So the people that have already taken a voluntary separation would that include bringing them back, offering them to come back, or are they already gone? So that that's a question that's not answered in this uh,
0: in this new bill. Yeah, I've wondered that too. That's that's a really good question. I I, I mean, if you had taken it early out and then the yeah. second round of carriers came around, would you be upset that you had taken that and you could have stayed around? You know,
1: exactly. But yeah, um, I think this may only apply to the people that didn't take it and are yeah. staying till the bitter end till October 1st they could be extended but I, to bring people back and then change the seniority lists again yeah. and absorb it would and they they're really not i hate to say this but with the traffic being down 70% do we really need those people yeah there? yeah
0: so the the way i look at it is they've right sized well not even completely because they're probably still furloughs possible, but they've, they've right-sized as much as they can. And so now this will give another six months to get more people to take the buyout, to take a buyout or Mm -hmm. a leave of absence and say, look, thank you to the tens of thousands of people who already left. Right. You could possibly be the next one to go involuntarily if you don't take this package, take this buyout. And so,
1: Because in all honesty, we're not back. So if they've reduced tapping by 30%, Mm -hmm. traffic is not at 70% yet. No, it's not. So that's still not enough to right-size it, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I mean cash burn is, is definitely getting better because airlines were burning 100 million dollars at the end of the first quarter and the, the first part of April. and the big three are down to 25 to 30 million dollars a day, and Alaska is down to almost four million now.
1: Well, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah okay. so some like mo- most airlines have figured out a way to get their costs under control and they're all aiming for a zero cash burn by the end of the year, yeah. which means that they're not losing money. Yeah, and it's, it's well. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's it's either going to take additional buyouts or it's going to take more time from the government to to figure this out. Yep.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we have another topic that's going to um, align with that. But let's quickly talk about Southwest. What do you think about this um, cleaning that they're reducing or changing?
0: I. On one hand, I get it because Southwest makes their money on quick turns. They've, mm-hmm. always, they've always had a higher utilization rate for all their airplanes than any other airline. And, and they make money on those 30-minute, you land, pump everyone off, pump everyone on and, and go. But it really did surprise me because Southwest had struck a different tune in the last couple of months because they were limiting capacity, unlike some of the other airlines out there and it seemed like they were kind of taking that high road of hey we're giving you more space, we're cleaning more, we want yeah. to be we want to be that airline that people flock to because we're covid safe or as covid safe as you can be on an airplane. So it really did surprise me that that they came out and said this.
1: Yeah, but you know what with Southwest, so the, the big difference in cleaning is overnight the planes get a deep clean. Mhm. Now they get something similar to that on, every, on turn. every turn. The airlines didn't used to do that. They would just do a quick pick up the big things if it's a quick turn. Right. And now it's nicer. And I hope that's something we keep after COVID, the deeper cleaning, which only takes an additional five minutes. It's not like a it's a big to, to do to to wipe down all the tray tables. So, but my question with Southwest, Doug, is on Southwest, the flight attendants do the cleaning on turns. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering <clears throat> if on quick turns, it's just not possible to have a flight attendant clean every single tray table. So this may be um, something that they, well, actually, no, actually, I take no, that back. They're, they're, still, that. Doing the, they're still, still doing that. the tray yeah. tables. It's, so it's just the
0: seatbelts and a couple other
1: things. Yeah, It's the seatbelt and the armrest that they're The armrest, on, that's right. Walking yeah. down anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's someone from Southwest listening, just tweet us and, tell us exactly what they're doing or if the flight attendants are still even doing the cleaning at Southwest on the turns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead into this one. I'm going to kick yep. it over to you because I've got some things I want to say about it. So this <laughs> air, air travel picks up alongside the strict mass enforcement. So Drew, what, what are your thoughts on that before I go? Well,
1: I, I don't want to reveal the numbers cause I'm sure you have the numbers, right? So I'll save that for you.
0: Uh No, I've got a, a pedestal that I want to get on.
1: <laughs> All right. Then, then I'll be the spreadsheet guy. So this, so, traffic. So, air travel has picked up where we are at a record uh customers through the TSA the highest since mid-March when you and I went to uh L.A. That March, was, yeah, March
0: 17th. Yesterday was March the 17th, highest right? since March 17th.
1: Yeah, and even since last week. So, it went from 800,000 through the TSA checkpoints to 831,000. Mm-hmm. So, traffic is definitely picking up. And I think... People are just getting used to the new normal. They're still going to travel, but they're going to wear masks and socially distance as much as they can. My mom is coming here at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And she's 75 years old, and I feel that it's safe enough for her to travel. Yeah. The plane that she's going to be on is a 787 with a lot, with a lot of seats on it, so there's good distancing. So mm-hmm. I feel safe bringing her here um now do you want to talk about the traffic and then the masks or do you want to talk about everything is your pedestal about let's
0: no it it is about the masks the masks and and travel so you you do your bit yeah
1: (laughs) so with the masks you know without we've talked about masks on almost every episode so but i want to talk big picture which includes masks when you buy an airline ticket it's not so much about your freedom. You accept the airline's rules and regulations. The contract, so, the contract of carriage. Contract of carriage. So if they require you to wear a mask, you have to wear a mask, but you have your freedom to not fly that airline. So this is not a freedom issue. This is just when you're flying on a private carrier carrier, it's their rules. It's it's like, if I if I get in Doug's car and Doug wants me to wear a seatbelt, I am going to wear a seatbelt. I'm going to wear a seatbelt anyway. But if Doug doesn't want me to bring my Coke in his car, it's not about my freedom. It's Doug's cars. It's Doug's rules. All right. That's my soapbox. It's yours now.
0: Yeah. I'm going to step on the <laughs> soapbox too. So the, uh, this whole travel thing, and and this is less about the masks and more about As travel has picked up in the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot on social media and a lot in mainstream media about people almost flight shaming others for traveling, saying Mm -hmm. travel is not essential right now. No one should be traveling. And I'll start out by saying everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And so Mm -hmm. I am not trying to step down on anyone. I'm, I'm not trying to talk down to anyone. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. This is, this is me. This is kind of my thoughts. There are essential travel needs out there. I'm one of those. I've already done an essential work trip and I have Mm -hmm. probably three or four more coming up in the next two months, which are more than likely going to go because this isn't just a zoom meeting. This isn't just trying to close a deal. This is physical things that I have to do on equipment that I am the only person who's qualified to check. And it would take travel to get someone else in another part of the country to get qualified to even check that. And there are a lot of other examples of that. So first of all, there is a lot of work essential travel that has to happen. Now, the second thing on this is VFR. We call it VFR, visiting family Mm -hmm. relatives. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, visiting mom and dad can wait or visiting grandma and grandpa can wait maybe the grandma and grandpa thing, depending on the on the health and and whatever. Mm-hmm. I kind of go back and forth on that. But the, the VFR, the visiting family relatives, I've seen a lot of people say, none of this is travel. It has to happen right now. My argument is, if you live in the same city as your parents or as your aunts and uncles or as your cousins, have you been getting together with them for cookouts, for grill outs, for dinners? How is traveling from state to state any different than... People have been saying expanding your bubble, you know, uh, you know, when we first went into quarantine, it was just your immediate family and no one ventured out at all. But then as we started to wear masks, as we started to socially distance, as Mm -hmm. as we started to learn more about the virus, people's bubbles started to expand and we did backyard social distancing get togethers and, and so forth.
1: Yeah, how? I see my neighbor on my porch or on his deck, and we're just There you go. So, so and-
0: again, I'm not trying to talk down to anyone. I'm legitimately asking the question, how is my parents getting on an airplane and flying mm-hmm. to visit me or me getting on an airplane and going to visit them really any different than me driving down the street or driving to the next town over to see them if they happen to live that that close
1: well they're going to say that you're not in a um, that that i'm traveling in an airport that
0: i'm in a closed environment but there there is there is no concrete data to show that the spreading is happening on the airplanes no there's yes yes the travel and and i understand this people traveling from one state to another Mm-hmm. then not taking the proper precautions when they get there definitely has spread this. I mean, that's how the virus spread around the world Well, in, so in the first
1: place. That's a good point you mentioned, because there's no significant reports of crew members or passengers getting ill. Now that we're following There, these there, are, s-
0: there are some, very few, but the majority, future- the majority of those, from what I've read, are actually from, I, I don't know if you saw the Hawaiian flight attendant that passed away last week. No, he caught COVID at a Hawaiian Airlines training center in Los Angeles. So yes, yes, they're, they're not on the plane, not on the plane, but there, there, there is a risk of course, but there's also a risk of your food server at a restaurant, whether it's outdoors or giving you the food. Like, I, I guess I'm just saying, what is the difference between someone getting on an airplane and flying somewhere aside from all of the other things that people are doing in their daily lives that I see all over social media. So moral of the story, if you do decide to travel and Drew and I are not judging you either way, just wear a mask, wash your hands, listen to the crew. And this, this goes back to the other story you were talking about, Drew, that if an airline says you need to wear a mask, comply with it, just, just comply with it. Yeah. And if if you're not, if you're not comfortable traveling until a vaccine comes out, Mm -hmm. then by, by all means, don't, don't but if you are comfortable just stick to the rules
1: yeah you know i just these people on twitter that are putting that you know it's my freedom if i don't want to wear a mask it just i i really you know am itching to tell them it's not about you you know it's about your loved ones it's about your fellow american citizens think about other people for change yeah um all right we got let's move to something semi-fun i mean it is a retirement but it's kind of a fun story that we can talk about right yeah it's it's, um, it's good it's good trivia it's good trivia. So, um, Tyler, if you're listening, this is a one world story. So um British Airways retires the A three eighteen and ends it's all business class service from New York to London and back. London and London City to New York. So um you're the one who found this story. Where did you see it? I saw it on Apple News. Okay. <laughs> well, I got some talking points because um what you found is actually digging into it, it's more than just the A318 is this whole flight does Oh so, exactly yeah yeah so the Concorde to Kennedy from London Heathrow used to be BA1 and BA2 mm-hmm. this A318 that goes from London City to Kennedy is BA BA1, BA1 and, BA2. and BA2 yep um and uh, have you seen the cabin yeah it's 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 i like it it's very old school it's like i'm on a 707 <laughs> yep it's, you know, in first class.
0: two, 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 2-2, all business class, what, 60 seats, 50-some
1: 50, 50 seats, I think? Only 32. Okay, so thir- 32, that, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So we said that we'd explain things better. So for people that are listening, the A318, it's an Airbus. If you've flown an A320, which is the size of a 737-800, this is a really short version of the A320. Now, if it's configured for passengers in a normal configuration, it would probably be about 100 people, right? Yeah, so, like 100 yeah. Yeah, so this flight that British Airways has um, and this airplane, which is re- it's retiring and ending this flight, it's an all-business class plane, very luxurious, even though the seats are old school, very luxurious. Um, it's BA-1 from London City to Kennedy BA-2 back, um, only 32 seats, and it stops in Shannon, Ireland, which you would think defeats the whole purpose of being a quick flight. Two reasons. Do you know why? Yes, because they're clearing customs in Shannon.
0: Yeah, because customs – because <laughs> Shannon has um, border protection uh, – what is it, pre-clearance? Not pre-clearance. Uh, US, it has
1: uh, U.S. customs. Customs, yeah. yeah so they so clear- when it arrives in Kennedy, it's like a domestic flight.
0: But the A318 doesn't have the legs to make it against the wind across the Atlantic, so they have to stop anyways. Anyway, so okay. while they're refueling the airplane, you clear customs so that when you land at JFK – you're already in the u s oh, huh. boom, you just walk out into the terminal, and then yeah. it, it has the range to make it home because we've talked about this on previous episodes yeah. you're in the you're in the jet stream, so it's you're in a, a river of air that's actually pushing you, so it does have the range to go eastbound, just not westbound yeah, and and it fly, it flies from city, which city is right in the financial district, right yeah. downtown in london i mean for for a businessman. Or or a woman going from mm-hmm. London to JFK, getting out to Heathrow. You, you've probably done it. I, I've done mm-hmm. it. It's not oh, easy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely difficult to get out to Heathrow from from. Yeah, the, it's an hour at least from central London. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So to, to go from Lucy to JFK mm-hmm. is you call uh, it Lucy? Yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, that's kind of the the slang term for it. That's no, not a dog. No, 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 because it's L C Y. They they call it Lucy.
1: Yeah, LCY. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing, Doug, that makes it convenient. So they allow you just on this flight to check your bag up until twenty minutes. So just like you said, if you're mm-hmm. done with a business meeting, you can get in there, get your bag checked, and get on an international flight, and it's a breeze. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, exactly. do you know who, um, what airplane they can buy to restart this service if they the want to? A two twenty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the A two twenty can fly nonstop with no stop in Shannon. Yeah. So something to think about.
0: Yeah, but that. Yeah, would would you <laughs>
1: would would you? I don't know. Have you cleared customs at JFK? I have. Yes, it, off Cathay Pacific. It's a nightmare.
0: Yeah, I, I've done it two or three uh, three times that I can think of, and it yeah. is not fun at all. I've done it all, t- all times Shannon. of day, night, morning. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I think if if I was doing that, I would rather clear in Shannon and be done with it because JFK customs is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. E- even with global entry. Uh last time through there I was coming from Trinidad and I landed at midnight. Global entry was mm-hmm. closed. So there's still I, in line? There's oh, still lines at midnight?
1: Huge, huge line
0: at midnight. Yeah, I probably stood in line for an hour. And that ate into my TWA hotel experience.
1: Yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, yeah so maybe they should continue just stopping at Shannon, because that'll save time in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was our semi fun story. Um You want to do the next one, Doug? Yeah.
0: Virgin Atlantic files for bankruptcy protection in the U.S. Now, Drew, you sent this to me last week before I went on my trip. They filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy protection. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what that was. So I had to look that up. And as far as I can tell, so for those who don't know, Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the U.S. basically protects an entity or a company who files for bankruptcy, saying the government will let you reorganize, reduce your debt while in bankruptcy and not liquidate uh Mm -hmm. and and you can emerge from that bankruptcy protection yep delta american united they've all done it southwest never southwest has never gone through bankruptcy it's true um yeah pretty much every airline out there in in the us uh, aside from southwest has has done it Chapter 15 is basically chapter 11 for international companies because the the way I read this about Virgin because Virgin is 49% owned by Delta they mm-hmm. then were there was no question that they could file for a chapter 15 because they're 49% owned by a US company. So what yeah. this does is this protects Virgin from their creditors who might try and say Hey, we're just going to cut and run with the money and not keep the airline in business. So it's it's protecting the airline, the brand, the jobs, et cetera, while Virgin is able to get the additional funding they need to continue operations.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I don't think a lot of, a lot of people know that. I I didn't know that up until a month ago that Delta owns half of Virgin Atlantic. Basically, do you know who they bought so, it from? They bought it from Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's interesting, Doug, is Delta is not giving them any cash they can't they can give them cash they, they can't they can't buy any more shares in it because they'd have over 40 correct
0: but they can't even give cash because they took the cares funding so until until october 1st they are not allowed to give but, because it would be a bad look to let their employees right. go and support uh foreign entity. yeah
1: yeah good point um there's still a risk that they may have to shut down mid September if they, if their creditors don't agree to their reorganization plan. So let's keep an eye on that. I, you know, with all those slots at Heathrow, they have, I'm sure they have some collateral that they can put up to get financing. So we'll see. Um, Richard Branson contributed 200 million via his uh, Virgin group, Mm -hmm. which owns Virgin Atlantic. So we'll see. It's a great airline and I've flown them a few, few times, great people, so let's hope for the best for them. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fun airline. It's fun, yeah, and yeah. innovative. But now we have the heavy hitter. So we have this uh, Air India Express plane that crashed a couple days ago. 17 people were killed. It was landing in South India at an airport that had a tabletop runway. 737-800, they had uh, thunderstorms, they had high winds, they had rain, they had a low cloud base. So we'll see what the investigation finds, but, uh, crashed It went off the edge of this tabletop airport runway, um, went down into, uh, I guess a ditch, if you will, broke into two. So, uh, yeah, not good news. It's not for lack of experience. I looked into the pilots to see what uh, their experience level was. One of them, the captain had uh, 10,000 hours of experience on the 737. He had flown an A310 before. Mm-hmm. And he was also a previous fighter pilot. I don't know if that's good or bad, but what are your thoughts on this? It's, it's,
0: uh, it's one of those that the, um, Pakistan crash that we talked about several weeks ago was kind of cut and dry. You, you could, mm-hmm. you could read into it and surmise what had happened. This we're going to have to wait for the investigation. Cause I, I really have, I have no clue with, with the low visibility. So, Pilots tend to what we call duck under, which means when you break out of the clouds, you dive in mm-hmm. the runway, which would mean that you would touch down ahead of where you normally would. So I, I don't think that it was that he floated it, meaning that he touched down long and then rolled rolled long and, and went off the end of the runway.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, A possibility that I can think of is poor braking action, meaning okay. when the runway is saturated, when, when there's a lot of... Wetness and and uh, water water on the runway. The braking action is poor, so even if you calculate a landing distance, if you have what's called an RSC, which is a runway surface condition, which means that Mm -hmm. there's a level of contamination on the runway, then some of your data is invalidated. So they may yeah. So the the tower or the airfield manager, airfield operations, whoever it was, may have called the runway wet but not called a surface condition. So the pilots came down, they expected that it would be wet, which we Mm -hmm. have told takeoff and landing data, landing data in this case to say, Hey, you know, the, the runway is what, this is the weight that I am, I'm going to land in 5,000 feet. But anytime you get an RSC, then your landing distance gets substantially increased. So if tower or the airfield or whoever it is, is, is not correctly calling this contamination on the runway, yeah now you may not actually have the data to support being able to stop and so that that might be what happened that they thought hey we have the distance we can do it but then when they landed and they hydroplane you can get in this no man's land where you can't even go around anymore Mm -hmm. where where you don't have the amount of runway to go around and you don't have the proper amount of runway to stop and now it's just Hey, whatever happens, happens. And yeah. if you guys haven't seen it, look up the pictures. It's pretty harrowing. The, yeah. the airplane broken in half down the
1: down the slope. Yeah, and I, I think what they may want to look at is with these tabletop runways. It's it's kind of like landing on a big aircraft carrier. So maybe consider reducing the minimums to be able to land on these types of runways because it is there is more risk and there's not a lot of room for error. So maybe if there's conditions like this, just, you know, have an alternate plan, I would think, because this airline had a similar crash in 2010, where uh, an aircraft went off another tabletop runway in another, another airport. So, all right. So this is for my neighbor. Uh, His name's Andrew. Also, I don't know if he's listening. So he's, uh, would be considered a civilian, if you will. He's not an avgeek. So he asked me, what is the maximum size of a carry-on? So we'll discuss that and Doug, let's tell our listeners what you and I take for carry-ons when we're not checking bags. Basically, major carriers have the same carry-on sizes. The maximum dimensions are 22 inches tall, 14 inches wide, nine inches deep. This is the size of a normal rollerboard bag if you want to picture what that looks like. Uh, you can also bring a personal item with a maximum dimension, maximum dimensions of 17 inches tall, 10 inches wide, and nine inches deep. Doug, what do you bring if you're not checking bags?
0: Usually I'll just bring a
1: backpack
0: uh, for my personal item. And mm-hmm. I'll, I, I have a roller board that fits in the little, <laughs> little size thing. So you guys have probably seen that at airports. It's like a little metal metal casing that yeah. that you can fit it in. And I was telling Drew I was on a flight last year. I'm not going to say the airline. And they announced at the gate that everyone boarding the airplane had to make sure that their carry on fit in this little size thing. Now, all I had was my small backpack and the gate agent made me put my backpack in there. And I kind of rolled mm-hmm. my eyes like, come on, are you serious? And they were like, no, every, every passenger has. Now, let me studio. ask you a
1: question. So when you're traveling with this setup, you are pre-boarding, am I right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for normal people listening, those of us... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those of us that don't have grand poobah status like Doug on all. These I, hey,
0: I did not have status on, on this airline. I, I was pre-boarding cause I, they led military board first.
1: Okay. All right. So it was, it
0: to... was not, yeah, it was not an airline that I have grand puba status, <laughs> whatever that is, as you said.
1: <laughs> all right. So if you're not active military and don't have grand Ba status like Doug has with other airlines, not this one, if you're like, a non-rev like me, or if you're buying a ticket with your hard-earned money like me, when I need a confirmed ticket, you are uh, zone five or your boarding group ten or you're last to get on the plane. So, how to survive with just carry-on is don't ever buy a rollerboard. Please just don't ever buy a rollerboard if you're a non-rev or if you don't have status because when you board that plane, there's not going to be room for your rollerboard. So. Uh, get on Amazon, go to Patagonia, whatever store you like, and get a soft-sided bag, which fits as much as a rollerboard, board. Um, and that'll be your main carry-on, and your other carry-on is a backpack, which can also fit a lot of stuff, but airlines see that as a personal item. I have never had to check a bag. When all these uh, civilians are lined up in the jetway, all checking their rollerboard bag, I'm walking right by because I know my soft-sided carry-on in a pinch. Will fit under the seat, and my backpack is small. I can fit that in the overhead someplace. So just uh, something to think about. You don't want to be checking if you're a non-rev and you're making a connection someplace. You check a bag, your trip may be ruined. Yeah, because, you can't, <laughs> because yeah,
0: you can't ha- hop on a different
1: flight. You can't hop on a different yeah. flight. Um, and also, if you're a civilian and you're making a connection that's less than two hours. There's always a concern if your flight's late, now you only have a 30-minute connection. Is your bag going to make that connection?
0: Yeah. So I, I just want to add something about the the personal item. I was on Caribbean Airlines last year flying from Trinidad to JFK, which I just talked about. They, aside from just the dimension restrictions, they had a 10-kilogram restriction on your oh, personal yeah. item. Okay. And I was, they- I was super worried about this because... I was coming back from a two-week vacation in the Caribbean. I had my drone, I had my camera, I had a bunch of stuff in my bag. My bag probably weighed fifteen or sixteen kilograms. Yeah. It fit in the dimensions, but it was it was way too heavy, and there was mm. absolutely no way that I was going to put that in my check bag. I, I was I was not going to put my drone. I was uh, first of all, I can't because it's lithium-ion batteries, right? And and secondly, I, I mean, I'm not going to put a couple thousand dollars worth of camera equipment in my, my check bag. I I got to the airport and I was super worried that they were going to make me weigh my backpack. Luckily okay. they didn't, they didn't No, I, I, to be honest, I don't know what I would have done if, if they had.
1: Have you noticed this also? So coming back from Europe, we were on some European low fare carrier. I think it was view, Vuel- I don't know how to pronounce it. Voiling. 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 Okay. Yeah. So we're flying from Spain to Barcelona, from Barcelona to uh, Brussels to catch um, United on the way home. So <clears throat> no one had any carry-ons. So I'm like, oh shoot, we have regular American-sized carry-ons. So we come up and they look at our tickets. It's like, oh, they're American. Just let them go. <laughs> so thank goodness because we had a tight connection, you know, on our non flight from yeah. uh, Brussels to Dallas. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I know the European carriers kind of take that. Seriously, I, I know now with like basic economy with restrictions on carry ons, I've seen the boarding passes say no carry on. So that's yes, that, yeah, that there's way. No the there's no confusion. Yeah, because I've before they used to put that I, I played that game in, in Europe a couple times mm-hmm. where I would leave. Uh, like I was I was leaving a friend in Germany. She brought me t- to the airport. I had her keep my rollerboard because I didn't want to have to pay for the the extra carry-on yeah. and after I checked in, then I took it there, there, there was no, no, no carry-on listed on the, on the boarding pass. So I was able to get away with it. But.
1: So let me ask you a question from your experience, the difference in price between basic economy and economy, is it a lot? Isn't it like $20? It's
0: like 20 bucks. It, it is yes. not to, to me, it's not worth it.
1: So you're going to pay $20 to check your carry-on, which you could have just paid $20 yeah. to begin with and had a, a science seat. Yeah. Well, and, and, okay. and for me, I'm usually
0: either traveling with, with family, which if you fly basic economy, you're not guaranteed to sit next to each other. And then mm-hmm. secondly, if you fly basic economy and you have elite status on that airline, you can't upgrade. And so that you're, you're not on the upgrade list, which I know that sounds really snooty and, and snobby, whatever, but I, no, I but mean, if you
1: change your mind, you can't, well,
0: yeah. And, and for, for road, yeah, for road warriors, people who are on the road all the time, the upgrades are, are a big draw. For, yeah. for why you stick with a certain airline. So
1: if you try to- so say- I'm going to throw my brother under the bus real quick. <laughs> so he, bought my, he bought my mom a basic economy ticket to Austin. So she's, oh, he bought me a ticket to Austin. So I look at it and it says basic economy. I'm like, no, 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 no.
0: Did, did he do that on purpose though? Because I, I feel like when when you buy sometimes uh, from like a third party vendor, say Expedia yeah. or Kayak.
1: No, I think he knew.
0: They, they're not always transparent about Hey, this is, this is what you're getting.
1: Yeah, no, he, um, he, knew. I, he, I think he knew. And the problem is, so I wanted to surprise her and buy her an upgrade on her flight to Austin, but it was basic economy. I'm like, Oh man. So, so you so couldn't. Yeah. No. All right, Doug. So uh, let's see. We received some nice reviews from listeners in the last couple weeks. Halbert gave us a five-star review from the other side of the pond he said, great podcast. Love listening on a run or long drive in the UK. Thanks for the feedback, Albert. Doug, I can't wait for a long run or a long drive in the UK. <laughs> Hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, we,
0: we've we got, what, bar hopping along the Thames is one of our 25 non-rev trips on our list.
1: Yeah, and I think you just added uh, the Pacific Coast Highway with some spotting at SFO.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah yeah. Well, so, so real quickly, I didn't talk about this, uh, driving back from Santa Cruz the other day, we drove the PCH, the Pacific coast highway to get home. And I told Jerry it was really foggy. I have to get down there again. And he suggested I go to SFO for a spotting day, <laughs> but drive via the PCH and then cut across the mountain. So uh-huh. I, I might, might have to do that here in the coming
1: weeks. We also, yeah, received- I also told you don't uh, keep your eyes on the road because that highway is windy and you're going to see a 787 departing SFO and lose.
0: So it's and- it's funny ride. it's funny you say that because as we got to San Francisco, like on the south side of San Francisco, there's a little dip in the mountains, mm. and even though we were like eight miles to the west of SFO on the other side of the the ridge, I happened to look over. I saw the tower and I saw a Southwest 737 <laughs> yeah, climbing I knew out. It. Yep. I, knew it. I knew that you'd be driving. I wasn't like, even
1: looking. No, I was not. I was, right now. I was
0: not even looking for it. I was shifting lanes and I happened to mm-hmm. catch it. So then I shifted a couple more lanes so I could look over there. But because I was yeah. shifting lanes, it was, it was safe. I was I was paying attention
1: no we used to do that drive and we used to go to santa cruz and i'd plead with my dad to take a detour to sfo just for 10 minutes just yeah. so we could sit by one right for a while so yeah. i knew that when you were passing sfo that you were looking
0: Yep. well <laughs> so, no but 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 we weren't because we, we we took it all the way uh like up through golden gate park so we didn't even okay. go we we didn't we didn't take the the easy way and oh, by an sfo yeah yeah all right. Well, we also received an email from David, who's been with us since the first episode. He says he loves the podcast, and for the most part, he loves us. And uh, I, I'm going to clarify this. For the most part, he did give Here us some comes cons- <laughs> he did give us some constructive feedback. Drew, he said that you and I both tend to step all over each other when the other one is talking. So because we
1: agreed, if someone's going long, the other one cuts in.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I told him. Because if if like David has listened from the beginning. The first, what, probably five, six, maybe 10 episodes. There were a lot of monologues, mainly mine. I I will admit mainly it was me, but there were a lot of monologues. So Drew and I said, listen, if we're going long, we'll, we'll step on the other person.
1: Well, Uh, it's not just you. And sometimes, you know, I'll totally mess up like a topic we're talking about. And Doug will be like, all right, no, let's, you know, you'll cut in. Yeah, I'm like like the
0: like the decade prediction episodes where yes, we were so supposed so-
1: to alternate and you were so excited about it and yeah. you just kept doing it on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to our listeners, this podcast is your show. So follow us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast and let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it. You can also email us at next at gmail.com or leave us a review wherever you download your podcast.
0: Thanks to all of our listeners for your support and joining the conversation. We'll see you next week and in the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has
1: been the Next
0: Trip Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast or officerwayfinder.com slash podcast.
1: Um. All right, <laughs> so, you're gonna have to cu- cut this out because Poppy's Cause laughing. Poppy, you're game. laughing. <laughs> Poppy, you're not making this easy. <laughs> we it's gotta just be seriously. serious. Okay, come on, Poppy. We we gotta be serious. We, we have just... two
0: minutes. We just have to finish. Okay, and then you can talk. <laughs> okay, so quiet for two minutes.
1: So no smiling for because t- it'll make me smile and laugh. So <laughs> <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> She's still serious. You cold. gotta be serious. <laughs> <laughs> um are you done with your prayer <laughs> yeah i'm done <laughs> it's when, when when we can when we can calm down then we can finish yeah okay poppy all right no i, I think i got it okay poppy i i can't look at you i cannot look at you because then i'll lose my focus we <laughs> <You> did it <laughs> thanks all right, let, me, let me unplug
0: this <laughs> hold on there you go
1: <clears throat> poppy thanks you did it
0: does mommy know that you're out of bed yes yeah. she does i doubt um, that.
1: what did you think was so funny is it my shirt or is it my hair <laughs> yeah why why are you giggling <laughs> was it the dumb stuff we were talking about <laughs> yeah that's probably what it was yep <laughs>